What's Up podcast. It's great to be back with all of you. I know it's been a little while since uh, we've been together, but I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. I know that the world has gone even crazier since we last spoke. I feel horribly about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, To any of you who have friends or family, relatives, anybody who's impacted by that terrible situation, my heart goes out to you. And I'm sure you feel the same about the terrible situation that's going on there. So hopefully you're okay. Hopefully your loved ones are okay. Today in the podcast, we are back in the room with the best postcards. We've brought you into the room many times in the past with Andrew Edinger, their CEO, and others from their team. And if you haven't heard any of those episodes, here's what happens. We bring in a variety of their customers, a variety of experts in their industry. The Best Postcards is a print company servicing a variety of different industries, but really focused on home improvement, home services, contractors. So those are companies like HVAC, electrical, plumbing, etc. And what we do is we bring a panel together. You're going to hear from Tom Casey. You're going to hear from Lou Habaika, Josh Kelly. He runs Clover Marketing. You're going to hear from these folks around how they're looking at some of the most critical issues that are facing not only the home improvement, home services companies, but also companies like yours and certainly companies like ours here at Mindfire. So that's things like supply chain issues, gas price issues, how to retain key people. And so if you're doing direct mail for any of these verticals, or if you are looking to break into these markets, you will hear some really interesting insights from the panel. If you're on home services or home improvement yourself, if you're a contractor, if you're in the trade, you're going to hear from some of the best minds in the industry as they walk you through their thought process around some of these key issues that are facing all of us right now. Also, if you're a student of the game, you're going to hear a really interesting insight about direct mail and colorblindness. And since you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see what we're talking about since this is audio extracted from that video. But go over to the blog post. You'll find it in the description of this podcast and take a look at what we're talking about there. All right, let's jump right into it. The goal of this session of these masterminds is to foster a connection between all of you who are here in the room and the best postcards community that they've created and invest into every month through these sessions and everything else that they do for us. Also, the goal here is to help you learn from your peers and from the experts that we have gathered today on the panel. And uh, ultimately, we also want to learn from you. How can we improve the product and the service that we offer you? And uh, so that's why I like to keep this very interactive and back and forth in terms of the discussion. First thing I'm going to do today, here's where we're going to start. I'm going to introduce the panel that's here. And uh, for the, f- the few newbies that are here for the first time, so like Todd and maybe uh, if there's anybody else who's, that's new today, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. So we're going to do a few introductions really quick. And then we're going to get into Ashley Sanborn introducing and, and reviewing some of the newest mailers that we'd like to show you today and get some feedback from you on. There's a couple of questions we have for you on those. And then thirdly, we're going to move into the discussion portion of the meeting. This is where you're going to be hearing from some of the experts that we've pulled together, as well as your peers in the group. Here's where we're going to try to pull out that conversation um, back and forth and foster some dialogue so that we can help each other understand uh, the issues that we're facing and how we can continue to grow our businesses in this climate. And then if we have time, we'll do more Q&A. We'll try to leave as much time as we can for Q&A so that you can hear from the panel as well as your peers in terms of their views of some of the pressing questions that are on your mind. And then lastly, like I said, we're going to wrap up with the winner's announcement at the end. All right. So 
First thing I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna introduce the panel. So as I get to you panel, if you could unmute yourself and get ready. The first person I'm introducing here is Tom Casey. Tom is a third generation SOB, as he calls himself, which means son of a boss. He has started and sold multiple uh, businesses and uh, he created the i5 sales system, which has created millions and millions in revenue for uh, companies like those that are gathered here today. So Tom, how are you doing today, my man? Doing good. I wanna go on the record for Lou and Josh that seems my brother's on the call, Lou. I'm the good looking. We had this discussion before we got here. We had this before you came on, man. They already I won the vote landslide. Ah, dang it. They beat you to it, dude. Damn it. Yep, that's all right. What do you all think? Maybe we should do a poll on that as well here in a moment. But the next likable person that I've got here on the screen, and of course, extremely handsome, is Lou Habaika, who is the president of Habaika Services. They're a multi-trade service provider in Phoenix, Arizona. They offer HVAC, plumbing, uh, sewer and, and drain, electrical, security, wine rooms, a whole host of home-related services. And uh, Lou knows the kinds of things that we all need to know in order to make more money. And on top of that, like I said, he's probably one of the most likable people you'll ever meet. So Lou, welcome to the Mastermind and thank you for being here. How are you today? Hey, great. Nice to be here, David. Yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, so for the record, Tom, there's five boys in my family. So yeah, it's always a challenge on who is the most good looking. And I certainly win that category. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> And for the second time on the event, and I'm sure we're going to hear about looks from this guy as well. Second time on the call is Josh Kelly. He's the CEO of Clover Marketing. Uh, Josh helped his family business, Parker and Sons, grow from $7 million to over $200 million. And uh, now he invests in helping folks like uh, those of us who are gathered here today, helping seven-figure businesses get to eight, and eight-figure businesses grow to nine. Uh, he owns and he runs Clover Consulting with his wife, Laura. Josh, welcome to the Mastermind Discussion, man. How are you doing today? You ready to rock? I'm ready to go, man. And I don't think we need to talk about my leaks. My leaks obviously speak for themselves. You know, Clearly. <laughs> this is a weird tangent, guys. Just weird tangent. I don't know what happened. There. It's my fault, man. Well, you've got a big microphone just like me. So I guess maybe we're compensating for, uh, I don't know, who knows what. <laughs> Women like guys right. with big microphones. Everyone knows that. Yep, that's right. All right. So just as important as meeting Tom, Lou, and Josh, um, really to, to us here, the best postcards, more important than that maybe is even those of you who are gathered here, because this is all about you. I know that Todd is here for the first time. So Todd, I'd love to unmute you here and ask you to introduce yourself. Todd, go ahead and unmute yourself. And I'd love to hear your name, the company you work for and your role, how you learned about the best postcards and something that you hope to pull out of the session here today. So Todd, go ahead. My name is Todd Casey. I am Tom's younger brother. And as we've established more attractive brother, I am uh, <laughs> Therefore, a third generation SOB myself. And I worked with one of the, well, now two of the companies that Tom has sold and here in Connecticut. So also have had the pleasure of meeting and working for Andrew from Best Postcards personally and working with them. And just recently took over as the sole KC owner of Climate Partners in Milford, which is just a little bit over $5 million heating, cooling, plumbing, indoor air quality uh, company here in Connecticut. Very good. Well, that's good news. I didn't know that. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking the uh, opportunity to introduce yourself. Everyone else has been here before. That's fantastic. All right. So the next person that I was going to introduce as the, the gentleman that you see here on the screen, obviously, I think all of you know who this is. Andrew Edinger, CEO of The Best Postcards. Unfortunately, he had a family emergency earlier this morning. So he has asked Tom Casey uh, to step in. And Tom is his surrogate today for any questions that you have, anything that you need. Tom is, is your man today. So Tom, to open us up, I know that Andrew wanted to talk about two things that are happening in the industry, two trends that are somewhat alarming, but that I think warrant conversation. And I know you're intimately familiar with what I'm talking about here. Would you take a moment to share with us a little bit about the conversation that we had with Andrew on these two topics and your view of how they impact everyone here in the room? Which one you want to cover first? Let's do the shortages. All right. So first of all, Josh, 
I might have lost to Todd, but I definitely beat Andrew. Okay. No, no comment. <laughs> there's there's no comment. So anyhow, shortages. So everybody knows them. Everybody's experiencing them. They're going to get worse before they get better. And so it's curiosity how everyone's dealing with it. I can tell you how we're dealing with it at Griffin is we've been going factory direct. We've been placing orders ahead of time, you know, kind of to forecast things. We've been limiting our SKUs instead of having, you know, five tiers of equipment. We're focusing on two. In that same vein, we're able to negotiate before the price increase comes and actually get a discount and extended terms. So I don't know what everyone else is experiencing for supply chain issues, but Equipment's definitely going to be short. Flex stuff's going to be short. Metal's going to be short. I think all the core products that we pretty much sell, water heaters have already gone through a little bit of it, starting to come back here and there. But my, my biggest suggestion would be, and I'd be curious what Lou and Josh say is, you got to get ahead of it. If you wait to go and order, you're going to miss out. And if you price yourselves like to recover overhead and profit on a per job or per crew day basis, and all of a sudden you can't do the number of jobs because you don't have equipment or supplies, then you're going to have to change your entire pricing structure to end up not covering you're not and losing money josh your thoughts yeah no i mean tom's heard my spiel on this a few times right like it's an issue they're not preparing or changing things they're not really changing anything i understand why and their experience right like there would be a big boom right let's say here in phoenix and luke can attest to this there was a hailstorm years and years ago and it was a gigantic business but then the next year business dropped off not for us i'm sure not for lou but as the you know phoenix in general did so you know, these manufacturers are seeing like, hey, maybe this isn't going to be and uh, be as big a demand year and they lose a ton of money when they overbuild. So they're being really cautious about it. So there are going to mm. be a lot of issues. My solution is fairly simple. Like normally I hate having inventory. I don't believe in it. We run off a JIT system and we're a little different than other companies. We're the largest company in the United States. We have different levers than other people could pull. For people not us, like, yeah, you're going to have to stock. And that's something we like to do, but it is what it is. And it's a whole shift in selling mentality too, right? It used to be like, these. this is what we sold. Now we check in every morning with all of our distributors and we sell what we could get our hands on. So right. like last year we sold Bosch, like not a lot of it, but we sold, you know, a couple million dollars worth of Bosch. And I know that doesn't sound like a small amount, but it is near 200 million. I didn't even know Bosch made systems to be honest up until like a year and a half ago, right? It's not something we push. It's just, we had availability. We couldn't get other things. So we ended up adding a lot more distributors and manufacturers than we normally would, which is not great for you know, price competitive and, and being able to push people around, but it's kind of is what is situation. I expect that to run all the way through the rest of the, as of next year, they're stepping up production, but this year it's too late. Like, like a carrier or a Daikin or a Goodman, their lead times, like, Hey, I want to step up production is generally anywhere from six to nine months. They turned yeah. up the volume of it 30 days ago. Wow. Is, so well, we're not going to get relief this summer. Yeah. Tom, the second topic is around oh, gas one, prices. I was with Josh over the weekend and uh, we talked about this in our group. <clears throat> Don't wait for price increases. Mm -hmm. Do not wait for price increases. They are coming. So have a schedule of price increases, 1% a month to 3% a month. And then once a price increase comes, you're ahead of it, still implement it. But don't forget, while you're getting a price increase, it's easy for us to take an equipment price increase or a material price increase and take our eye off the ball that everything else is going up, which does lead to the next subject, right, Dave? Yep. Which is fuel prices. Let's talk and about that. Yeah, go ahead. Fuel prices are uh, crazy. You know, one of, one of my friends we talked to this weekend, Josh, what did Dave say that his gas bill went up 500,000 last month? Yeah. Like 500,000 in a month in gas. That's like oh more God. than we spend in a year in gas, but it becomes a real thing. So the question is, how do you recover it? And so there was a little bit of debate that I've had amongst some other people. Do you have a fuel surcharge? Do you blend it into the rate? And I'm going to go and tell you that 
Tom Casey, Griffin, we blended into our rate. We feel like people are already pissed off going to the pump. And so I'm going to add insult to injury by saying, oh, we're coming out. Here's our fuel surcharge. It, it just smacks on them. So if I just blend in a few bucks a, a call or some number, and what I had my team do is go back and look at all of our historical gas costs, look what the, the increase was and kind of spread it out. So you got to recover the gas. Don't wait to recover the gas. Don't worry about what your customers absorb it. They will. Josh's dad said something to me that was profound. He said, every increase that we experience is not ours to pay. It's our customers to pay. So we have to figure out how to pass that along. I just don't think it'd be smart to hit him with a fuel surcharge. I'm not sure how analyst feels about it. I think Josh is going to probably back me up on that, but I'd be curious to see how other people are doing it. I'm not. Let's hear from you, Josh. Josh, do you agree with Tom? I, I actually don't. And I know. <laughs> what are the odds? No, so here's the honest truth, right? Like this weekend was a perfect example. I had a mastermind, a high-end mastermind, had 12 contractors come in. One was Tom. 12 contractors, $2.7 billion in sales, billion with a B, right? Okay. Super high-end, high-level contractors. We talked about this in this group, right? And all of them, Tom Boyce, Dave Geiger, Paul, Adrian, they all said the same thing. They actually ended up doing both and they're double dipping because people are accepting fuel surcharges right now, right? So they're putting into their price and- they're getting the fuel upcharge. So like, wow. to be okay. honest, like we, the reason you're doing that is because we feel like as an industry, as in that group of 12, and I'm one of those people too, right? That prices are going to continue to drive up. And it's very difficult to actually do that purely with a price book. A surcharge is very simple. And the last thing I, I could do is like not, I mean, run a call and lose money. Not that I would lose money for gas necessarily, but like <clears throat> I have to pass off the cost. So because people, even though they may be annoyed by a fuel surcharge, no one's losing business off it of right now. You might as well capitalize it and make sure you're protected. So I'm a proponent of doing both. Both. Interesting. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Under hey. normal circumstances, absolutely not. But I think everybody's kind of aware and it's a pain point and no one's pissed at your plumbing company because they have a fuel surcharge. What are you seeing, Josh, in terms of typical surcharge dollar amounts? You know, I'd have to pull it. Uh, I know what we did with Parker and Sons was nothing significant. It was like $8 a call. So okay. I see, uh, let me read a couple of the comments here. I think you can all see them as well. But Todd's saying, we have not had an increase to our service agreement plans in over five years and our response fee in over three. So we are, or so we were able to blend it into those rates easily. Ken Hale says, I believe in blending it into the rate. Uh, Steve says, blending it into our flat rate. Lou says, no fuel surcharge. So I guess he's on the blend side as interesting. Chris Wetmore here uh, says, as a homeowner, I understand the gas surcharge. For example, Uber charged me an extra 55 cents last night and it didn't bother me. Okay, interesting. I want to bring up Ashley Sanborn. Ashley's going to walk us through our newest mailers. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Our first one, I think most of us are, you know, we're in springtime. We're ready to promote, you know, air conditioning. So we have a similar headline kind of redesigned here with a special buyback offer. So this is the front here. We have the buyback coupon here, as you can see, and we have some other options for coupons that we'll be sending along when you get these proofs from our graphics team or your sales team next week. Ashley, can I ask a super quick question? Of course. Just, I just want to know your thoughts on this. You guys deliver a lot more direct mail than I ever have. I've always stayed away from green because it's the highest potential of colorblindness, like especially a bright green like that. Do you have any thoughts or feedback on that? Interesting point, Josh. I honestly didn't. 100% wasn't sold on this color, but not necessarily for that reason. I hadn't really thought about that. So that's hey, interesting. Ashley, yeah. My husband is watching this with me and he's colorblind and he can't read that. It's, I think 30% of people in the United States are colorblind to green. Fascinating. Well, this is good. This, this is, is exactly why I have you all here. Yeah. Great job, Ash. 
Yeah. Now, are you also face blind? Can you see this good looking man here on the right or no? I mean, not as good as Todd, obviously, but yeah, yeah obviously. No. Well, Ashley, that's good feedback for us and the team. I'm sure we'll Absolutely. jot that down. Yeah. Do you have any other points there, Josh, before Ashley continues? No, I didn't mean to take over. It's still, I love the piece. I would just, I just didn't know if you had feedback or had data on it. Great. Great. Really appreciate that feedback. All right, Ash, I'll move to the next one then. Let's see what we can learn here. Yes. So this one is kind of working off some feedback we got last month about, you know, wanting something to really try to sell installs. You know, we had the conversation about really people are going to buy when they need and, and what they need. But if you are driving, trying to drive installs versus service calls, Tom is actually testing this piece right now for Griffin. So this is the front of the card here. Really just, you know, calling out that Griffin's ACs or your company's ACs are the best. And then on the back here, highlight some important selling points, of course, beat the heat, beat the supply chain issues. And Tom is obviously at his company ready to do next day installs. And then for coupons here, he's putting the highest amount of rebate here that they could qualify for, depending on, you know, if they get this dike and fit or the best of the best systems and his extended, you know, all the other free things that he gets with that. So, so let's pause for a second, Ashley, here, and I'm just going to ask the audience. So Steve and Michael, by the way, welcome. I think you just jumped in here. Ken, Julie, and the rest of you who are here in the room, do you have any questions uh, for Ashley? Tom, do you want to add anything about this piece that Ashley is showing here? It's been out for just under a week and we're getting calls on it. So we're A-B testing this one with the service offer because we had a lot of requests. I had a lot of requests from different best customers saying, what do you got for equipment? And I know selling equipment is, you know, no one wants to buy it. It's a grudge purchase. So I think this one has a lot to do with when it mails, like this happened to hit when it was a heat of, of the initial heat wave here. So yeah, I'll keep everyone posted, but it's so far so good. Okay. All right, Ashley, I'll go to the next one here. Yeah, this one's pretty self-explanatory. Of course, you know, spring is here and we want to make sure your AC is ready to go. So, you know, really highlighting AC tune-up or safety check, however we want to word it, maybe depending on what you used last month on your coupon or offer. But just a fun graphic here, looking to get the homeowner's attention when they pull it out of the mailbox, as we always reiterate. Odd question. Does that mean then that folks can't see her pants or the bike? And I don't mean that in a strange way, but because it's green, I'm just curious how, how that works. <laughs> it's you contrast. Know? So you'll be fine against the yellow. It may not look okay. green, but they'll be able to see it. But if you put green on white, they'll have a lot Got of trouble it. seeing it. All right. I just learned something. Awesome. Okay. And then you want me to go to the next slide, Ashley? Yes. Okay. So this one, maybe, you know, you're in a market where you're not ready to talk about AC yet, or, you know, if you're strictly a plumbing company, um, a new design here for plumbing. Sorry. I'm just checking the waiting room here. Yep. I got them. So and of then... course, everybody loves the dogs and the baby. So we thought this was a, a really fun way and idea to get that homeowner's attention. Nice. All right. And then we've got maybe not a baby, but a youngster here. We have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this one here, again, maybe if people are looking to promote, again, we have some just electricity, but if you're looking to promote something other than heating and air, maybe you're booked out right now and need to promote elect, you know, your electrical services. Here's a new design we have for that as well. Uh, Tom, as we prepared for this, you had three specific services that you thought might be of interest. Would love for you to talk about that for a moment. So go ahead, Tom. So uh, I, for, this is selfishly, right? So I think uh, water softening and filtration, uh, water quality for sure, like having conversations, that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of our plumbing offering. And it's also super easy for any technician in the home, including the IQ techs and the maintenance techs to have a water quality discussion, especially if there's a process to do a health and safety check and do a water test as part of that. Ductless is becoming more and more of a thing. 
and it could be good or bad in the market. Some in our market, they buy them online. They want us to install them. We don't, but we do a lot of garages here and we do a lot of like home offices where people have started to work from home more. So that's a room they can't control, right? So something to promote that. And then addicts, I think addicts are making a comeback. They were really big, maybe a decade ago where there's a lot of attention on uh, cash for caulkers and stuff like that. So addicts are one where it seems to be a very easy conversation while you're closing business and stages to be like, oh, by the way, would you you know, like to know about this and just present it? And it was uh, Tom Boyce, Josh, who every single call they quote addicts on, and they're doing literally millions of attic insulation. So highlighting that addicts, and it's more than just attic insulation, it's just fixing the whole attic. Those are three that we're asking for. That's why I thought potentially somebody else, you know, might be good to talk about because I'm asking for them. So I don't know if I'm on track, off track, but. Okay. So folks, turn your attention to the screen right now. And while you're doing that, Tom, I know we had a conversation around that. What are your thoughts on doing that, Tom, in response to Ken's question? Well, I think there's, uh, I'll assume kind of multiple things in that maybe. So first is to get all your online, offline marketing aligned, right? So that whatever you're offering offline, you're also reinforcing it online, whether that's socially whether that's the ads for pay-per-click and some of the offers, or it's the actual website. So, you know, they don't see your company in two places and have two totally different messages that don't make any sense. As far as capturing an online visitor to your site, how you translate to direct mail, I wouldn't know the technical of that. Josh is actually my digital ninja, so he might be able to say more about how to make that happen. But I would say definitely, and we're working really hard right now. We hired a marketing coordinator to get all of our marketing messages aligned. Because one thing, uh, we spent some time recently with uh, Cristiano from Rhino. And I asked him a question, how do you brand yourself online? And his answer is you can't. All your branding happens offline. So when wow. they go online, they actually recognize you. So I don't know if I'm answering Ken's question exactly. I don't know if Josh has a way. To yeah, let me, let me just answer. That or... Let me answer directly and make this pretty simple for you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm a digital expert, but I, I know more than most in marketing and operations, all the above. Yes, you could absolutely retarget them. When you get someone's contact information, you're getting their address. It's actually fairly easy to target their IP address. And there's places you, you could socially stop them. So it's not like you're going to put PPC ads in front of them necessarily effectively. Uh, is it possible? It is possible. It's not smart. But what you can do is socially stop them. So what I mean by socially stock is you can follow on Facebook, you can have them pop up on YouTube, you could do display ads, and you could do uh, something similar to a remarketing campaign where they went to your website, you could stock them for a week or a couple of weeks. I'm a big fan of doing it. Let's like hit them over the head. Uh, while you can, it's very inexpensive to socially stock someone. So yeah. And the best postcards to be clear, like that's kind of what they specialize in is like the full concept. They're not just like send a postcard and hope this works kind of situation, because I think we're all on the same page that if you did that, it, I mean, I know people who have success with it, but not nearly the same success as the people who really pull into their whole marketing strategy. Ken, who do you work with on the Best Postcards team? We'll follow up with you. We can absolutely help you with that. To circle back to your initial question here, Tom, I think you can see the answers here on the screen. Water quality, number one, Ductless two, and Addicts three. What are your thoughts on that, Tom? I would agree. I think uh, water quality is an easy one to recover that we gave away to the Culligan man a long time ago. We can get it back pretty simply. We're in the house already. It impacts the stuff we're installing, the stuff we're servicing. And if we're already the trusted advisor, it's a pretty simple hop, skip, and a jump to a conversation. But I will say with water softeners in particular, it is a, a major supply chain issue. So if we're going to do that, we ought to be making maneuvers to get those things in-house. Otherwise, you'd be selling something, then you can't install it, which a lot of times you've built the interest and then you can't fulfill the interest and then go shop and buy it from somebody else who has them in stock like me. So let's sort of coordinate those two things, I would say. Yeah. And if I had to guess, and I don't know, I mean, you could put in, the, in your chat if you want. I'm willing to bet I know the reason people picked water quality is because it's the highest ticket item on that list. 
and the most describable. Interesting. Yeah, let us know. Is that right, folks? If Josh's intuition is right here. I see Todd saying that more water heater replacement mailers would be helpful to you, Todd. That's good feedback. Ashley, was there anything else that you wanted to add before we move on to the next discussion topic here? I do have addicts. Uh, my, my addicts are more expensive than my, my water softeners. Just, really? so there's, a whole, there's a whole nother discussion. We don't insulate addicts. We fix addicts. So it's a flat rate price and we do all the things. If you just want insulation right now, we're probably not your guys. You want to just have a bolt on price. Interesting. No, I was just kind of saying, I think for me thinking about those three water quality, I think would be maybe easiest to message. You know, I think talking about the safety and making sure your water safe for your family. I think that could be a, a sticking point for consumers. So I think that could be interesting. Okay. Good feedback there. We have your feedback logged everyone, and uh, we will be following up with you. I, I see Ashley saying uh, that you can send Todd some options. So thank you for that. And uh, Ken also, thank you for your question. I appreciate that as well. So now uh, we're going to turn to uh, the bigger uh, topic or the big topic for today's discussion. And that's all around. How do you retain your key people? We're here obviously to talk about marketing and sales but really what good is the marketing and what good is the sales opportunity if we don't have the right people to service these jobs? And so as we prepared for the session today, Drew said something that was really alarming in that he has recently spoken to, I think he said six clients who have literally lost half their staff to someone else within the last few months. So, you know, people and retaining people, yes, it's about the money, but it's not only about the money. And so we want to talk a little bit about that here and have a conversation around that. Something that I heard last week, at a um, conference that I was at is that 75% of people who are employed right now, and I will find the, the source for this, but that 75% of the people who are employed right now are planning to leave their job this year. And if that's true, that is absolutely astounding. This is the first time in, in American history, I think, where the employees certainly have an edge over the employer. So I think this is worth discussing, and that's what we want to spend some time on here for a moment. So I'm going to start with you, Lou, if you could unmute, Lou. You know, we talk a lot about being the contractor's choice being the choice in the market, but if we're not the employee's choice, I mean, I think it seems obvious, but what's your perspective on what happens as we begin to lose people? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, to keep and retain people, it's all about your culture. You know, without a strong culture, you're going to lose the people. So apparently those companies that have lost, you know, all of these people to somebody else that they have left for reasons that the culture in that company was not providing, you know, a strong culture in a company, that's number one. We look for we hire the person we don't hire for the skill and then uh, look for people that want things that we can provide, you know, a, to be part of something bigger than themselves, to be able to grow and have a future and, you know, control their destiny on skill set levels, as well as income. I believe in a, a meritocratic type of a company where, you know, it's not based on class or monetary individual. It's based on skill and desire and, you know, how hard you work and your ability, you do this, you get this, you know, whatever level, whatever skill set, whatever pay you're in control. And I think that's what people want. And if you provide that and a strong culture of unity and treat your people like they're the number one ambassador and they're the most important part of your company, they'll do the same for your customers. And that's how basically you're going to retain them and you'll create a more of a commitment if you look for the person and then teach the trades and the skills. Tom, when we were getting ready for this, you mentioned a stat around retirement as compared to the rate of new entrants uh, who are available as employees in our companies. Can you describe that stat and talk about the pressures that you think that applies to our businesses? And maybe more importantly, how do we deal with that? 
Well, in HVAC specifically, they're, they're retiring craftsmen at a faster rate than we're entering craftsmen in partially because, you know, we think college is the only way to go for our kids. So there's going to be, there's already a shortage. There's going to be a shortage. It's going to keep getting to be a bigger shortage. So ahead of retaining is going to be attracting, right? You've got to get them in to work for us. So there's a problem to solve there. And so we're going to have a choice of trading each other's drunks and loser techs around and they job hop and they move for a buck and they don't have loyalty and you can't retain them because either they suck or they're disloyal, or you can build your own techs and figure out a way to, to kind of lock them in and have loyalty built that way. So I think it would probably, I don't know the stats for plumbing or electrical, but I'm going to guess it's kind of similar where the craftsmen are exiting at a faster rate than the new people are entering. And the craftsman leaves with 30 or 40 years of knowledge. And the new person entering in has 10 minutes of knowledge. So it's not an equal, even if it was a one-to-one ratio, these people with all this knowledge are exiting and people with no knowledge are entering. So it's going to be a bit of a, a problem to solve, but as we solve it, we're going to have an advantage in our marketplaces. I think you said that, and maybe HVAC specifically, that the folks are ret- retiring at twice the rate of new entrants. Did I get that right? That was the last statistic that I saw was twice as many are retiring as are coming in. Uh, Josh, you and I were texting back and forth last night, or maybe it was the night before. And I know that you have a system, a three-question system for setting a culture. You have a hook there. Tell me more about that. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So a few of you, I know Kenny has heard this, Tom's heard this uh, several times. I mean, we have a whole system for all this, like recruiting, not a problem. If you have a system, like we have a step-by-step system that the best contractors in the United States use. Uh, A lot of people focus on recruiting. They don't focus on retention at all. And it's dumb be perfectly honest. Like you got to have the same amount of thought processes, systems, and effort on retaining as you do for recruiting. Cause nothing's more painful than losing the right guy. Some guys you don't mind if you lose, but uh, losing the right guy is painful. And we're all on the same page that people come for money, but they stay for relationships. Yes. Can I get a head shake? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so we created a hook right in the beginning of a relationship. We call it three promises. I actually stole it from uh, one of my favorite contractors of all time, Alan O'Neill out of Texas. He runs uh, I think it's $75 million business out, out of Dallas and Houston, uh, a pretty big shop, pretty smart dude. And his, he believed that his number one job is to recruit and retain people, period. And he came up with this idea of three promises, and I've tweaked it a little bit. But I want you to imagine in your business, when someone gets hired, the experience they have compared to what I'm about to give you. And by the way, Ashley, I'll send this to you in an email afterwards so everybody will have a one sheet on exactly how this works. It's a playbook that we have. We have playbooks for literally every issue you could have in your business. And here's how it works. Most contractors come in, uh, a new technician or accountant or CSR starts, and they said no expectations. That's the vast majority of contractors. The good contractors set expectations of what we can expect from the technician, right? Here's what your 90 days is going to look like. Here's what numbers you're, you know, I expect you to hit. You know, here's the skill level we're moving up. I expect you to be at only the very best contractors go into what they should expect from you, which by the way, is the most important culture hook you could have. And one of the most powerful retention tools you could have. So at Parker and Sons, and I'm not in day-to-day at Parker and Sons anymore. I haven't been for a few years, but let's say at Clover, someone's get tired. I could be interrupted for any, even this meeting, like I would have them wait for a few minutes, but like I could be interrupted for any reason because it's the most important thing I do. I'm going to deliver a three promises conversation. Whether it is they're going to come in, they're going to sit with me and I'm going to spend, you know, a few minutes just talking to them, kind of disarming them, make them feel comfortable. And as soon as they feel comfortable, I flip the switch. And I'm going to make them really uncomfortable. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, well, I actually asked you, I wanted to talk to you and learn a little bit about you, but I really wanted to bring you in here because I want to make a few promises to you. And I want you to make one promise to me. Uh, is it okay if I go ahead and go through our three promises? No one ever says no, right? I'm just getting permission, right? So promise number one, by the time you leave Clover or Griffin or Habica or whatever your company is, right? And everybody leaves just for reference. 
I hope it's for retirement, but everybody leaves at some point. When you leave, you, I, pro I promise you're going to be a better technician, accountant, CSR, supply chain manager, whatever their position is. I can promise that because we spend more money on training, more effort on getting you the best systems, tools, processes. We are going to do everything we can. And I can literally guarantee and promise you that by the time you leave and everybody leaves at some point, you will be a better technician. And people kind of understand, accept that, right? Second promise, by the time you leave and everybody leaves at some point, I can promise you're going to be a better person. I always get a weird look when I say that, right? But I can promise you're going to be a better person because some of the things we teach you are communications on setting goals, setting expectations. And this not only makes you a better technician, but it bleeds into your personal life. It makes you a better father, a better husband, a better, better friend. So by the time you leave, I can literally promise that you're going to be a better person. The third promise I'm going to make for you is by the time you leave, everybody leaves at some point, you'll be a better financial position than you are today. I can literally guarantee that uh, because I'm going to give you more opportunity. I'm going to pay you aggressively. I'm going to give you opportunity for growth, for, for improvement, not only in your current position, but opportunities above that. So I can literally guarantee by the time you leave that you'll be in a better financial position today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make all three of these promises if you're willing to promise me one thing, that you're open to these ideas and you're willing to work for it. Now, that's the spiel of it. And I'll give you literally the word for word. It's going to be in a document. You're going to have it super easy. But I want you to like imagine the situation that your current team members have and the situation I just described. Is that a totally different feel than what they're used to? Are they more likely to refer people to you? Are they more likely to buy into the program? What have I really told them, right? I expect you to become better at your job, become a better person, and to make more money. This is the expectation of them. Right. And they can expect it of me. See how this changes the whole conversation. I'm saying an instantaneous culture hook. By the way, when somebody leaves, everybody should be doing exit interviews. I hope you are. Even if someone you're happy that they left. And sometimes we all have that. Right. I still want to find out why they leave. And guess what? Three questions I'm going to ask them. Are you a better technician? Are you a better person? Are you in a better financial position? I've done this literally hundreds of times because Parkinson's has 750 team members currently. Like, you know, we have turnover over years and years. I've never had anyone say no. And some people, if I want to, I could save them right there on the spot. Does everybody like that? Powerful, simple, yeah. clean. Let's hear from you all. So Todd, uh, Michael, Ken, Julie, David, Lou, Habaika, are you using this? Do I utilize exactly what Josh just presented? No, something a little bit similar, but yeah, we focus on culture very heavily and invest a lot in our people and just allow them to grow in the direction they want to grow. So they choose which direction they want to move and whatever they want to adopt and whatever they want to get better at, what attracts, what interests them. But no, that's an, ex that's an excellent insight. I like that a lot, Josh. You can I move it up, upstream of the um, first day too. If you happen to be looped into an interview process, like I don't interview other than leadership right now, but if someone says, hey, can you meet this person? That will be my conversation at that time. So like, hey, I want to know that they're ready to go. Griffin's a little different culture. So we're not for everybody. We know that. There's three things I can promise if you make me one promise. And by having it up front, we just recently recruited an out-of-state guy who came down and toured companies. And when he, I, I ran into him and Shane in the warehouse, gave the three promises and asked for the one promise, said, if you're going to join, I'm going to expect one promise. And he went back home and called back and said, I went, and he went to all the good guys, by the way, he was a smart guy. And he said, I'm coming to Griffin. No one, just what Josh said, nobody said anything like that to me. And it's true. Right. Josh isn't saying that. I know Josh and his dad personally. These are not like fancy gimmicks. This is I will make you better professionally and personally, and I will help you make more money. 
Yeah, you, so, have to, I, you have to yeah, stand behind the promises, by the way. This, this does yeah. not work if you don't deliver. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Julie, do you mind? I'd love to hear your insight there on that strategy. I know you said it was great, but what specifically stood out to you there? I was like, Josh, can you hire me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it made me think. Yeah, it's pretty great. I, it was, I've never heard anything like that. I'm in my middle 50s. So, yeah, it was pretty inspiring. I was like, oh, you got me. <laughs> yeah, it was That's great. great. Thanks, Josh. No worries. All Glad right, so to share with everybody. Yeah, Josh, you're going to send that over to Ashley. And we'll make sure to get that template out to everyone. We want to make sure that we continue to bring you value in these sessions. In a little bit, you're going to get an email from us asking you for some feedback. We want to know how to improve. We want to know what else is of value to you. Um, so make sure to please reply to that email to give us that feedback. Before you go, since uh, Tom is standing in here for Drew today, Tom, I'm going to give you the opportunity to close us up here, give us the closing insight and wisdom, and we'll let everybody be on their way. So Tom, over to you. It, probably different than Andrew. I'm going to thank the best postcard staff because, man, those people, I throw everything at them and they come through. The designers, I drive Ashley Sanborn crazy. I don't care what Chris Whitmore thinks. He's crazy on his own. But so thank you to the best postcard staff for how well you serve me and my teams. And then I actually, several of the clients and other customers, uh, thank you. Thank you all, Lou, with anything, Josh, with anything. How we share information is amazing. So I really appreciate this little subculture that we can, you know, kind of share best ideas. And even with just direct mail, what's working for you, what's working for me. So hopefully you can continue to do more and more of this and really learn from each other's mistakes before we make them. That'd be awesome. So I don't know if that's what Andrew would say, but that's what Tom would say. That's what Tom says. And that's good for me. All right. Thank you all for your time. Thank you to Josh, Tom, Casey, Lou Habaika, and to all of you who are here in the room. Thank you so much. We will see you again soon. And we'll follow up with all of you in response to the poll and the other things that we asked you today. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now. And I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5888. Three, five. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it. And my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me. Okay. So look at that or write it down 949 506 5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave. It's, you know, whatever your name is and it will add you to my phone, and then it's gonna shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm gonna be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, only things that you can get through this texting platform. And also, something specific for our friends in the print and agency community, you know, we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work, things that as a software company, you know, we just don't do, but I think many of you probably wanna know about those things. And we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, you can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.